Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, a lot of games after a bunch of big games. I didn't feel like we had big games last night, but there were two NFL games. There was a college football bowl game that probably interested me more than interested most of you. Uh, San Diego State won, so the Mountain West is now 4-0 in bowl games. Uh, And there was college hoops, so we had a little bit of everything. An NBA schedule without the Jazz, who aren't back at it until Thursday night when Minnesota comes to town. Uh, The college basketball... Utah State had a scheduled win, and as scheduled, Utah State won. Nine and four now. The Aggies, nine wins, four losses after blowing out Portland State, 81-62. Portland State is three and seven. They are a not very good Big Sky basketball team, and Utah State brought them in and beat them up. Uh, As you might expect, Bean went nuts. Justin Bean had 29 points, 12 rebounds in 34 minutes. He's having a great year. Uh, When you read the early NBA draft stuff, his name... He's coming up. He's catching people's attention. I think that that's really all he can do right now. You know, there'll be bigger games against better opponents. How does he handle NCAA tournament quality opposition, especially when he's seeing them for a second or a third time? Uh, All of that to be seen. But he's got some size. He can shoot a little bit, and he can move a little bit. And right now, if you have those three things, you at, at minimum... At minimum, you've got the eye of NBA scouts. So we'll see how it goes. But against Portland State, who's overmatched, he just torched them. Uh, 29-12 and 12 to, uh, to lead the way in a blowout win. Uh, the Utes played Fresno State, a team that I think ultimately will be middle of the Mountain West. We'll have to see. I think a lot of people, uh, preseason predictions say Colorado State and San Diego State are the top of the league. Uh, the Utes beat Fresno State, and the Utes did it without um, Carlson who's out for a couple of games here, uh, and they win 55-50. And Mahorsic has been out. I mean, he's out for a while now, and he has been out for a while and will be out for a while longer. We'll see if they get him back in January sometime. But in a game that was uh, described on Twitter as a rock fight, I believe, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. 55-50 Utah over Fresno State. Now, in the era of run-and-gun, three-point basketball, you don't see a lot of those games. There are still a few teams to play low-scoring games, maybe not 50s, but they're comfortable in the 60s. We've actually seen that with some of our local teams here. But this one barely got to the 50s. This one looked like it was going to finish with both teams in the 40s. And it took uh, you know a little late-game magic for both teams to get to 50 points. <laughs> Honestly, I thought there was a decent chance that he was going to win this thing with like 49 points. But they get the win, and you know, when you're shorthanded, and you know, let's be honest, they're not a great team. This is a program that has to be rebuilt. And if you hit in the transfer portal, you can do that really quickly. If you get one or two of the right recruits, I don't think the youths have those guys, which means it's going to be a little bit of a grind. So they grind it out, they get the win. Winning's better than losing. Utah improves to 8 and 4 on the year, and Fresno State falls to 9 and 3. BYU will be in action against South Florida tonight. Uh, they're in a tournament in Hawaii. They are playing, uh, I think it's the Diamond Head Classic, because I think I called it the other one is wrong. Basically, in Hawaii, they have like, nobody wants to fly out to Hawaii for one non-conference game. So basically, Hawaii has a tournament every week, every other week. They just keep loading them up, and everybody wants to go to Hawaii, so... Why not? So BYU will be out there for a game tonight against South Florida, and then they'll play tomorrow. You know who they play depends on how the games go today. It's eight teams, single elimination, and then the championship, third, fifth, and seventh place games are on Christmas Day, and all the games are on ESPNU or ESPN two. So you have a chance to follow the Cougars tonight. So there was a college hoops. Um, 
The NFL action, we're seeing a lot of guys um, injured. And we're seeing some guys going to health and safety protocols. And I just think the combination is just its just devastating offenses. This is hurting offenses way more than defenses. The scoring tends to get a little, uh, little lower later in the year anyway. The high-scoring shootouts tend to happen earlier in the year. Not exclusively, but I think mostly. Injuries, teams um, on film. You can become a little more predictable. Defenses know. And uh, it seems to be just accelerating this year. Uh, it was really painful, the, the Seahawks-Rams game. Rams kicked a, or Seahawks kicked a field goal right before halftime to tie the game 3-3 at the break. And the Rams had scored on a 55-yard field goal from Matt Gay, the former Ute. Not a lot of offense. Picked up a little bit in the second half. Uh, Rams get the win, 20-10. And they are 10-4. and They are tied with Arizona for the division lead with three games to go. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. There's a possibility that those two teams will end up 4-5. Uh, there's, you know, basically every division leader except the Packers is on 10-4 and right now. Dallas and Tampa Bay are both 10-4. and And Leonard Fournette, who left their last game injured, they announced he's going to miss the rest of the regular season. And they hope to get him back for the playoffs, but there's no reason to risk him in the regular season because they're going to win the division. And just take whatever draw you get. Get Leonard Fournette healthy. Because when he's healthy, he's a game-changer. Big time. There aren't that many running backs you can say that about, but you can say that about him. And he will he will extend drives, convert third and one, third and two, fourth and one. And at the same time, he can you give him a little bit of a crease, he can go sixty yards for a touchdown. We've seen him do that to win a game uh, in overtime earlier this year. So they got to get him back, and get him healthy. Uh, and that'll be interesting to see Rams or Cardinals down the stretch. And the the Rams don't look great, but the Cardinals look terrible. So advantage Rams probably, but with three games to go, anything can happen. Um, and then the other game, the uh, Eagles beat Washington 27-17. Washington, I mean, 27, okay, that, that's, that's a decent number, right? But, man, everybody else is scoring 17 points. They had a 16-14 game yesterday, had 20-10. to 10. Uh, It just seems like everybody's stuck between 10 and 20 points. It's just not a lot of points, not a lot of scoring going on. And uh, and then you got the college football game. San Diego State beat UTSA. A lot of people thought maybe UTSA would uh, end up playing BYU. That would be two ranked teams and glamorous bowl matchup in Birmingham. But uh, I really think geography won out. UTSA could play San Diego State and the drive from San Antonio to Dallas, probably about three hours. Instead of trying to go to Alabama, Birmingham, they announced 15,000 at the bowl game, which isn't a huge crowd, but um, they could have played in front of five. So, San Diego State's not bringing that many people. Friends and family, maybe a band, I don't know. Uh, so, UTSA and for uh, for the for UAB going to Louisiana, that made more sense. You know, send UAB to Louisiana and BYU ended up getting beat anyway in the rain. So, four zero now for the Mountain West as they are cleaning up. Wyoming won. That was a uh, that was a weird looking bowl game. I don't know what else to tell you. I did see on Twitter, and I don't know who to give a credit to. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter said Wyoming's in brown, and the other team's in gold, and they're playing on a blue field. This looks like a full toilet bowl. Like, okay, you're gross, but you're funny. So, there you go. 
Wyoming wins. Fresno State already had a bowl win. Utah State, obviously, with a bowl win. It's, uh, it's trending well for the Mountain West. They're winning a lot in the postseason. They had a good year against the Pac-12. Now they're a good year in the bowl game. We'll see what this uh, see what this translates into going forward. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. There's a little basketball, a little football, and we've got more of both those things coming up. Joe Ingles later this hour, but Riley is coming up next. Our college football insider, Riley Jensen, joins us next. Stay with us. Join Hanson Scotty Wednesday at LHM Riverdale from noon to 3 at 1481 West Riverdale Road in Riverdale. Joined right now by our college football insider, Riley Jensen. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs. Or call 877-346-3333. Riley, good morning. What's up, dudes? How's everything going? Not not as good for us as it is for you. Have you come down yet from Saturday night? You were on Twitter going berserk. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen or heard you more excited about a team winning a game than the Aggies winning that bowl game and getting win number eleven. Listen, listen, I'm, I, I, you know, I converted halfway through the season because PK told me that if it wasn't ten wins, that we were, that that it was bust. And so once I got converted, I was all in. I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm like a, a convert that's really excited about Utah State football. Riley, I didn't convert you. The spirit of football converted you. <laughs> I love your humility. I love your humility. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, and, and, and please, Utah State fans, don't like drive off the road saying I got converted to Utah State football. I, could, I got converted to the idea that they could win 10 games, and they won 11. I mean, it, seriously, it was... It was very fun. I thought the one thing that I that I didn't expect that was a little bit more fun as a Utah State alumni and fan was I, I just thought the L.A. Bowl had kind of a good look to it, a good feel. I mean, the SoFi Stadium, I thought it was going to be so big that it just looked ridiculous on TV. It sounded loud. I thought both teams played really hard. Um, they looked like they both wanted to be there and that they both wanted to win that game. I thought, uh, and then I thought, again, and and I know that I've given you guys some guff about the defense, but I think we all know that the defense at certain times during the year was just like a big head scratcher. Like, God, what are we, what are we going to get out of these guys? But whatever they, whatever they figured out, you know, over those last two games, that was, that was a, a really high level of defense that Utah State played. And then, God, you, you know, the offense has played so well. And then, you know, Cooper Lega, you know, at least everybody knows how to pronounce his name now. <laughs> you come in, I thought Legas looked good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you come in, you throw a touchdown on your first pass ever. I mean, people are going to figure out how to say your name. So there was just a, a lot of fun things if you're a Utah State fan. Um I was, you know, my my parents are Utah State Aggies. I have uncles that are Utah State Aggies. A lot of their friends are Aggies. A lot of them were arguing with me that the best team ever is the 1961, you know, Merlin Olsen, ranked number 10 in the, in the nation, 9-1-1. One, and one. And there's lots of good reasons to think that, that that might be the best team. But this is the most current, and it's the only one I've ever seen that's played 
this hard and this consistent for the whole season. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joining us. So, that was a huge, uh, just a just a huge exclamation point to the season for the Aggies. How disappointed should BYU fans be over their bowl loss, or do they write it off, backup quarterback, rain game, uh, lots of injuries on defense? It doesn't, it doesn't diminish the season. Well, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to tell them whether they can be upset about it or not, but I, I don't know. I think, I think there was a little bit of a taste. I mean, just from the outside looking in, I was kind of hoping that all three teams would win their bowl game and that all three teams would, you know, like kind of ride off into the like best, best season ever for the state of Utah for the, for the three, you know, FBS teams. So I, there was a little bit for me that was disappointed. I, you know, I thought I thought they played well enough to win that game. I thought defensively, I was a little bit shocked in, in certain places where they weren't where they weren't able to make those timely or or those important plays where you get off the field and give give your offense a chance. And then, you know, I don't know about the Samson Nakua call. I thought I I really didn't think that he made a football move, I, I, but. You know, that's one of those things where you just got to take care of the football and then you don't, have, you don't have to leave it in the referee's hands, right? And even though I think that was probably a bad call, um, I, I, I guess going back to your original question, I, I'm a little bit disappointed about it, so I'm sure that BYU fans are a little bit disappointed. And I think it's okay. But I still think it's a great season. And I still think there there are so many things to be happy about if you're a BYU fan. I'm going to go back to this quarterback situation for Utah State. Now, he knows that he's elevated from third to second team in this game, so it's a little bit different. But how does somebody stay ready and mentally into the situation when you've not had any opportunities to do anything in the games? Well, I, I will say this. When, when, when you play in a bowl game – the the reps are the, the reps are a little bit different. So typically, when, whenever I was involved in a bowl game, the whole first week is kind of like get young guys some extra reps, right? So and and depending on 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 when you know finals are and all that kind of stuff, and you're working you're working out a lot of details when you're doing this kind of stuff, and then. Of course, Utah State's coaches are going to be out on the road recruiting really hard in the first week. And then in the second week, they come back and they kind of get prepared. But my guess is is that Cooper had a lot of reps, a lot more reps than he normally would have. Um, I, know, I know that Logan Bonner had been injured quite a bit during this year. I mean, his, his ankle has never really had you know, that opportunity to heal the way that, that, that he would like it, the way the team would like it. And he's been very, very tough. He's been very scrappy throughout the whole year to be able to. But my guess is also that he didn't take as many reps because he was hurt. And so you, you've got, you, you know, you've got two quarterbacks out now. My guess is that he got a lot of reps. But that doesn't, I mean, that all being said, you have to have a special kind of mentality as a second-string quarterback, as a relief pitcher, as someone. You have to have a certain level of maturity to be able to handle that situation because it's not easy. Um, 
everybody thinks like, oh, yeah, man, it'd be so great to play college football. You don't get hurt. You don't take the hits. But as a competitor, you have to be able to sit there and go, okay, I got to get mental reps here. I got to do well on the reps that I get. And then who knows, if I get called, I got to be ready to go. But, I mean, you're also looking at a kid. I mean, Cooper Legault won two state championships as a quarterback. He, I think he threw two state championships as a javelin and then had two as a wrestler. I mean, this is, this is a competitive kid. And for, you know, <laughs> I love wrestling, so don't, everybody don't get mad at me here. But, man, if, any, if anybody plays football and they wrestled, Every single wrestler in the world has to tell me how great that is. <laughs> I always get lectured about, oh, my gosh, he wrestled in high school and he played football. That's why he's such a good football player. No, he's just a freaking stud athlete. Like, I don't care whether he wrestled or not. He's a, he's a really good athlete. So, um, But he is he's a competitor, and I think he was ready, and I think you have to tip your cap to him a little bit because that's not an easy situation to be in. So how does the quarterback situation play itself out next year? The transfer portal's a big thing. You got three guys who have to be thinking. They have to be thinking, I could do it. I could be the guy. I could be the guy and we could go big. They all have to be thinking that. I think all, I, I think all three of them could make an argument that, you know, that, that they should be or could be the guy. I think – I think those are good problems to have as a coach, or at least they used to be good problems to have. Now, I would not be surprised if one of those quarterbacks isn't here next year. And I, and I don't have any inside information I don't have. But just the nature of the position, the nature of the fact that all three in different games this year really contributed to that Mountain West Conference championship and um, played really well at certain times. They all three of them have enough film to to do whatever they want, um, but I just think I, I and I don't think it'll be Logan Bonner. I think it'll be one of those two. But Cooper has, he, you know, he he has a few more years left of eligibility. So you're you're looking at somebody that like could maybe be patient for a year, and then and then and then kind of take over the program. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be really really interesting to see how this all turns out. The key now for Anderson and the Aggies is to keep this thing going. And, boy, he really set a standard here, obviously, in the first year. And we were talking about this the other day. You know, Boise has hit on so many good coaches that maybe they're due (laughs) to not have uh, a slam dunk who's going to go on and and get a big P5 job job, because there's been so many of them. So what can the Aggies do? to maintain this and do you think they have a legitimate shot now to be uh the, at least in the division the team to beat yeah, well i don't think they're the team to beat till they beat boise <laughs> I, I mean, they didn't beat boise love, you got me there yeah i mean I, I listen i i would love i would love to say that but i mean there just hasn't been enough wins over boise you know over the years for us to to, to really just like you know pound our chest and say we're the team of the division, although I think they made a huge statement this year. I think I think that's one thing that you would use as motivation as a coach, right? Like, look, we haven't we haven't really put them in their place. We haven't really put them where they're supposed to be. And man, I hope you're right. I hope you're right, PK, because man, it'd be nice if if Boise State could just like come down a notch and not land every single coach for eternity, you know, and, uh, but, but 
Utah State sent a huge message. I think they did such an impressive job with the portal last year, and there's indications that they've got, you know, they got a linebacker out of our Arkansas State portal. They got MJ Tafisi, who I was around when I was coaching at Alta, who's transferring from Washington, who's an absolute missile as far as like playing linebacker goes. They seem to have filled in some of the gaps in offensive line, which they wanted to, and linebacker, which is what they're really going after. They've got a BYU legacy from uh, Jason Anderson, who's – I remember when I played football at BYU, I seriously saw Jason Anderson, and I thought, that's the biggest human being I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never even seen him. Mean, he goes like 6'8". When we were in college, he was like 6'8", 300. He could run. He played in the league for the Patriots. His son, Teague Anderson, is playing for the Aggies. Um, so there's there's just some there's some indications that, one, they really know how to use this portal, and two, they're going to continue to fill in the gaps the way they need to. And, man, with with Logan Bonner and, and, and these quarterbacks on the on, – <coughs> On the team, I think you have to say that they they have a legitimate chance to make a run at the championship. Now, will be will it be as good as this year? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, look, it's 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 arguably the best team in the history of Utah State, uh, with the exception of you know maybe 2018, 2012, and I guess 1961. But you're talking about you're talking about easily top five team. So to replicate that is going to be tough next year. But I think there's been enough success in the last nine, ten years at Utah State. I mean, I think, what is it, nine out of the last 11 years they've been to a bowl game? I think you're starting to – I think you really have to say, if you're a Utah State fan, this is kind of the golden era of being a Utah State fan. Now, the argument of the older generation is like, well, bowl games are like a dime a dozen now. Like, you can go to a bowl game, you know, for nothing. But – Back in the day, we weren't even bowl eligible, you know? And so at least they're bowl eligible every year and giving themselves a chance to do something. But this is a this is a really, really good era for Utah State football. And I think Blake Anderson, I mean, hopefully he's the guy that's, you know, the Urban Meyer equivalent that really takes him to the next level and really becomes like, you know, starts to put it to to Boise State when they need to and starts to put together amazing seasons for Utah State. And then you just kind of go, wow, okay, this is exactly where you've always wanted to be. Now let's take advantage of it. And so, I it, listen, it's it's a good time to be an Aggie. It's always a good time to be an Aggie, but it was especially good this weekend. So there's one football game left for the locals now, now that BYU and Utah State are done. The Utes and the Buckeyes in the Rose Bowl. It's time to talk about that nonstop and obsess. Where would you like to start? One thing today that you would like the people to consider about the granddaddy. Ooh. Well, I, I the, the the one thing that's just really fun, and I've I've never been to that game. I've been to that stadium. I know people that have played in that game. I had teammates that played with me at Snow College that went to Wisconsin and played in that game. It's just a it's just a really fun game, right? It's a really fun game to think about. It's a really fun game, even from the prestige of having gone to the Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. But I think I think I think part of this is just kind of it's kind of fun for me to think that they're playing a traditional Big Ten team 
in the Rose Bowl. They're playing Ohio State. I mean, that's just kind of a – I mean, that's a good name. You go, you win that game, you know, it's like beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Like, there's there's nobody that can say that you're not a legitimate team if you go and you win this Rose Bowl. And I think I think Cam Rising, I think you give him four weeks to prepare. I think Kyle Whittingham, you give him four weeks to prepare. You 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 take, you know, Morgan Scally and give him four weeks to prepare. I think I think this is a scary team right now. I I, I don't think if there was a twelve game playoff or even a you know, a sixteen game playoff, I don't think anybody in the top sixteen would want to be playing Utah right now. Oh hell no. <laughs> Thanks, Booner. <laughs> <laughs> You've always been a Utah homer. I mean, you've always just been hey. all about the youth. So since, yeah, before, hell, about it, since before he was born. I mean, <laughs> you look at my background growing up back east. I was like the lone Ute fan on my block. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I was talking to you, and he just admitted it. Everybody I mean, listened. Yeah, just admitted yeah. it. He's a Utah homer. I go back to Lee Gross Cup and Larry Wilson. Ooh. Larry Wilson was in my office the other day. That's a, that was a nice pull right there. That's a, well, that's a, not, that's not a the Larry Wilson who was the Hall of Famer who played safety. <laughs> okay, maybe not that one. I'm thinking of the, the former Highland Harriman coach who's like that's a, a legend coach. Yeah. yeah. Well, Riley, we appreciate it. Congrats on your Aggies Bowl win. And now uh, the countdown is on. We got on this side of Christmas and then the hype for the Rose Bowl, really. There'll be people in the airport every day and cars headed it's gonna be south. Fun. It's, a fun, it's a fun time to be a fan of football in the state of Utah right now. A yeah, really absolutely. fun time. Yep. Thanks, Riley. Okay, guys. Thanks. There's Riley Jensen, our college football insider, former Utah State quarterback, all fired up about his Aggies in their 11-win season, as he should be. This is a brand new era of Aggie football. I don't really want to compare it to the Merlin Olsen teams. We didn't see them play. There's no film. We don't know the relative strength of the competition. So it's a different era. But they moved to the Mountain West nine years ago. In the last 10 years, they've had three 11-win seasons. They won 11 games the last year in the WAC. And they've done it with three different coaches. This is now what is possible at Utah State for a lot of reasons. The facilities are better. The conference and the schedule are much better. Utah high school football is better. They're good in-state players. And with Utah and BYU recruiting a a lot of -of out-of-state kids, Utah more than BYU, uh, but both of them recruiting out-of-state kids, and there's more in-state kids than ever, right in the sweet spot for Utah State. Right in the sweet spot. So, congrats to Utah State. A third 11-win season in a decade. And we'll see where they go from here. All of those quarterbacks could be back. Two juniors and a sophomore. But as Riley points out, they probably won't all be back. Someone will go in the transfer window. You could be second string. I really think quarterbacks have to rethink being second string, first string, third string. Here, Everybody, you know, if you're the starter, you're probably not going anywhere unless the team's terrible and you can go to a better team. The, the second guy probably needs to stay put. If you're going to be number two, the odds of the starter getting hurt It's a decent shot. No guarantee, but it's a decent shot. And there's a chance the starter struggles. Probably not in the case of Utah State, but maybe in another school. Like Utah this year. Starter struggled. Go with the backup. See what happens. The number three player isn't getting that many reps and is a long way away from playing. If you're third on the depth chart, I get why you transfer. But I don't think you should be transferring because you're number two. There's a good chance you could be right back in there. 
All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, Joe Ingles makes his weekly visit. That's next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles joined us in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday. Getting in a holiday visit. We'll be off on Thursday and Friday. He's got a game on Thursday and doesn't want to talk to us on Christmas Eve. So Joe, Joe joined us yesterday. Here's our weekly chat with Joe on The Joe Ingles Show. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic... And certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Ben. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles joins us right now on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs. Or call 877-346-3333. Joe, good morning. Good morning. So, Joe, I'm, I'm curious about this. We know about the I kids. We know <laughs> it works out well. I ask questions, so it's good that I, I, I'm curious. <laughs> when Jerry Sloan coached the team, there was this whole, uh, and actually, I think it even went back to Frank Layden. There's this whole thing. They always took a pre-Christmas road trip, and it usually ended on December 23rd. And they went out and played five or six games. There's usually an Eastern trip. Under the theory was, hey. Right before Christmas, you play a bunch of home games. There's a lot going on. Uh, Maybe not so much for you during a pandemic being from Australia, but people have family in town, and there's family demands, and guys are distracted, and they'll play well. He would just prefer to be on the road then and and go go out on the road together as a team. Now you're home. You're literally playing Christmas night, and I wonder how much that's great or how much that messes up the Christmas season for you or what you think about it. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, the game is it, it's fun to play on Christmas. It's, it's obviously different, um, especially growing up in Australia and having Christmas in the summer of 100 and plus degrees and swimming in the pool all day and then having Christmas in uh, the freezing cold snow now. Um, the, the game, I mean, we've played in a couple of them since I've been here and um, obviously fun. Um Obviously, as a 34-year-old, I'm not really, like, celebrating and having, like, a ton of fun at Christmas. It's obviously about my children now. So um, my enjoyment and the happiness on Christmas is seeing my kids happy and and opening presents and and doing all that. So as long as the game doesn't doesn't affect getting to open presents with the kids, which it won't because it'll be at 6 o'clock in the morning, I got no issue playing on, on Christmas. Uh, well, there. If you're not having any, not, go ahead, not Joe. Myself, um, but guys w- would have family in town or, or friends or whatever, um, wh- whoever they spent Christmas with. So, I mean, I understand where where people try and bring that in, but it's also. I mean, we're like everybody else. Like, I'm sure a million other people have family come in and they still are working. And um, obviously, ours is just a bit different because people get to watch and judge us on how we work every day. 
And I will judge you. You better believe it. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw a thing uh, that you scored your 5,000th point. I don't even know that you knew it. I didn't know it. But I'm going to ask you, do you remember your first NBA bucket? I do. Um, randomly. Um, I stand to the first. No, I had no idea that I was there or even close or whatever um, or what my number even looked like. Um, I do remember my first. So I played. I, I only got to Utah a couple of days before the first home game of the year, um, and we got smacked by Houston. Um, that was when they had Harden and, and all those guys, and I'll still never forget it for some random reason. Alex Jensen always laughs with me about it still, but it was um, Harden had ten assists, and every assist was for a three. So he had like he had contributed however many points, but all. I don't know how many times someone would have had every assist be assisted as a... Anyway, that's just pointless information that I remember. <laughs> um, and then we actually went to Dallas for, for the yep. second game of the year. And I hit a shot, which is weird because it was like a, a mid-range, like a long mid-range pull-up. Um, Dallas bench and took a dribble in and, and made a, a shot, which is weird now because... Since that one, I've got like 10 mid-range pull-ups in the last seven years. So, um, yeah, that was the, the first one. Yes, it was. I looked it up. October 30th. And did you know one of your starters on your team at that point was Ennis Freedom? Uh, well, I'm very well aware of that, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Ennis. It was Ennis Cantor at the time. <laughs> Okay. Uh, obviously, a lot's changed uh, in the last few years. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Understatement. <laughs> oh, man. I was actually watching uh, Philadelphia and uh, the end of the Philly-Boston game, just the last two minutes, and Embiid had like nine points in, uh, in 90 seconds. Do you want to guess who he was matched up with, Joe? Uh, Mr. Freedom. Bingo! <laughs> and he was getting anything he wanted. It turned out he wanted, believe it or not, he wanted long twos. He hit a bunch of 17-footers. And he yeah. made every one of them. <laughs> That's, uh, I heard, it might have been George Niang actually talking about it. The commentators, like, calling a Philly game, and they were like, oh, he keeps getting to this tough mid-range, and then he hit, like, same thing, like, same what you said, like, four or five in a row, and the commentators were like, I think he's actually trying to trying to get that shot. <laughs> that's the shot. That's the shot he wants. So he's. I don't know what his numbers look like, but he's. It seems like he's incredibly efficient off that like one dribble, little hesitation, mm-hmm. and shoot it. So, um, hopefully, Mister Freedom watches some film and they they can have a battle again soon. <laughs> there you go. You've had a couple of games where the team has lost leads. Now, obviously, against Charlotte, you recaptured the lead. Is there any concern, any or maybe any particular reason? Is it just the other team getting hot as to why leads uh, aren't sticking? Is that just the nature of the NBA? Yeah, I think, obviously, a part of it is it's the NBA, and we're, we're playing against, obviously, extremely good players and teams, regardless of their record. And these guys are NBA players. They're there for a reason. Um Obviously, if we can get off to a start like we did, um, the the carefree 
kind of play, and, and they're obviously, um, I think they were on a back-to-back, maybe. Um, yes, they were. So just a bit, obviously playing a bit more more freely, and obviously, with, especially when you get, I don't know what the lead was, 20-20 or something in the first in the first few minutes, really. Um, and obviously, they, they, the, the telling part of the first half or quarter or whatever you want to, however far it went, was obviously they, they weren't making shots and we can uh, contest and defend and do whatever we want. Eventually, they, they're obviously going to make some shots. So um, there's things, obviously, we can look at and we can try and limit and we can do, do better at. Uh, that's the case with, with every game, obviously. But, um, yeah, obviously glad. I, I think they got a one or two-point lead at some point and then, obviously, we, we were able to, to finish off pretty strong at the end. So, um, obviously, you never want to... You never want to let a lead go or, or you want to kind of continually try and push it out, whether it be a couple of points at a time or you can go on a little 8-0 run or whatever it is. But obviously in saying that, the, the other team is, is trying to do the, the, the opposite of that as well. So um, we'll, we'll take the win. Obviously, after back-to-back losses, we'll probably would have taken any win. Um, but obviously, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll look at it and... Um, dissect a little bit and and try and figure out how to keep getting better as this year goes on. You know, we've heard Quinn talk so many times now after so many games and and sometimes on off days, and he does a thing before the game as well. And so over the years, uh, I think even as a media member, I've really absorbed a lot of the messages, probably a lot of what you guys hear to one degree or another. get in more detail in your film sessions, obviously. But I just got to think that Quinn's got a really different attitude after a 128-126 game. You lost to the Spurs 128-126, but if you'd won 128-126, I think his attitude would be really different than after a 112-102 game. You guys are good enough shooting the ball. I figure if you're only giving up 102 points, you're going to win way more than you lose. Do you find yeah. that win or lose that that you can look at the scoreboard and the final number and know what Quinn's going to say when you get to the locker room? I <laughs> like a thousand percent. <laughs> um, not even necessarily on the score at all. Like it could be eighties, hundred fifty, whatever the number. Obviously, if we're giving up hundred and fifty and winning by two or something like that, he's he's going to be a little concerned. But um, that's also like given the night, like if we're shooting well and they're shooting well, like they're, obviously the NBA is the NBA. We get a 128 or whatever it was the other night. So, um, yeah, I, I actually said to one of our players the other day, I was like, I almost, from like when we're out on court and he, he walks out of the office or, or whatever it is from meeting or watching film before practice, um, just like as soon as I see him, I feel like I know what he's going to say. Oh, the mood he's in or... Um, the way he walks into the locker room after a game, the, the mood or, or whatever. Um, I've, like you said, I sit next to Boyan in the locker room, so it's like, you can, Boyan's obviously been here a few years now as well. It's um, You can kind of look at each other and be like, oh, shit, we're, we're in for one here, or, or, or he's going to be really happy. Even even if it is, like you said, like a 128 or, or whatever, you can, you can feel the way we're playing and, and obviously at the end of the day, regardless of the score and, and all those things, he wants us playing the right way and like you said, if we play the right way and, and do what we do, we obviously usually get a hold teams to a reasonable score and, and, and probably win a, a lot of the time. So, uh, yeah, I, I can feel it and like I said, I can, I can almost look at him now eight years into this thing and kind of guess w- what he's going to say or, or the mood he's going to be in. 
For those of you listening, that was Joe's Australian accent of the word shoot. <laughs> yeah, shooting. Yeah, shoot. yeah, just, way, just so we, you know. The way, the way we shoot. Yeah, that's just... Sorry, uh, it's 9.20 it's, in the morning. I, no, I no, 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 it's your Australian accent, and so we understand you talk funny in our country. Uh, so <laughs> there's there's no problem there. I've got an, Ameri- I've got an American sunburn. Yeah, yes, you do, Future which is why I was thinking at the end of your career, you need to change your name to Joe America. In my career, what? Well, whenever that time is, with the end of your career, you need to change your name to Joe America. No. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> at the end of my career, whenever that is, yeah. I, will be on, I will be on a plane, Qantas, Boeing 737 or whatever they call them. Right. And I will be packing up and heading out of here. Right. And then when you land, you're officially known. You'll stand out in your country, man, if you're known as Joan America. I'm just trying to help you for further income once your big money trails off. You know what I mean? you got to do something the rest of your life. You're going to have another 40, 50 years to live. I'm not that silly, and I wear jazz sweats and chucks. (laughs) <laughs> my, ba- my bank account is full I am doing, I am doing okay So you're saying you're cheap? Is that what you- <laughs> I, Yeah, well I'm not cheap Because I The one thing I'm happy to spend money on Is is my friends and family And going to dinners And enjoying my time with them Okay But I do drive a, a really, really old used F-150 And I wear jazz sweats and chucks. I've actually got Crocs on right now because they were given to me. So, oh, I yeah. saw those yellow Crocs, Joe. You look like Daffy Duck. That, that, well, this is the whole point of this. Like, I I could not care less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very very happy. So, when you're retired, are you going to stop working out? Are you going to be into the I don't care less mode? Just get a big old gut on you, and you just say whatever. No, his wife will demand it. That, Renee and I have talked about this before. I think I, uh, I definitely won't when I the the first however long it, I don't know how long it takes to not feel good about yourself when uh, you've played prof- or played basketball, played professionally for since I was seventeen. So I'll definitely have a break um, at the start. I said to Renee, I think it'll get to a point where, like, uh, obviously. I enjoy a, a, a quiet beer every now and then, and um, I think it'll get to a point where I'll like wake up one morning and I'll be in my pajamas or shorts or something, and I'll walk, I'll look, I'll see myself in the mirror like when I haven't seen myself for a little while, and I'll be like, oh, it's, uh, shoot. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh shoot, it's time to, uh, it's time to figure figure this thing out, <laughs> um, but I'll. Uh, I think I don't know, everyone, everyone says, and I've got a lot of ex-professional friends, and um, a lot of them say that they are fitter now or post-career than they ever were in their career. You obviously find different things that you enjoy in terms of fitness or, or getting out there, whether it be things we aren't allowed to do now um, that you have an interest in that you, you couldn't do, obviously. Um or it's just the things you pick up with, like school dads or the other friends that you make outside of basketball. And um, yeah, I mean, I'll find something to do. I'm not gonna, I'm not just gonna sit around and 
drink beer and eat donuts all day as much as I would enjoy that. Um, or I'll do that, but I'll still work out um, to, to some extent. And obviously three kids, young kids, I'll be running around with them a lot. And um, yeah, I'll just kind of figure it out as I go. Definitely no uh, plan set in stone for post-career workouts. Well, Joe, Merry Christmas. We'll see you Christmas night on uh, on TV, or some fans will be at the game and see you in person. But uh, enjoy the holidays. Sure and, out, it? Yeah. and nothing yeah. else to do. Oh, yeah, by right. Christmas night, everything's done. It will yeah. be, yeah. Uh, There's okay. actually a, an executive who used to be with the club. He left long before you got there. You don't know him. But he, when I was new in town, he said, yeah, we do really well in the Christmas holidays and on Thanksgiving weekend because you got big families here. Everybody gets together, but yeah. they don't really like each other. And so after 24, 36 hours, a couple of meals together, it's time to get out and go to a jazz game and not look each other in the face yeah, and probably. argue politics <laughs> or whatever else. He says, well, we crush it on those holidays. Holiday games, yeah. No, I think it's it'll be fun. So hopefully we. Uh, I don't even know who we play. Who do we play on Christmas? Dallas. Dallas? Yeah, don't screw oh, it up, yeah. Joe. Go. You got to get at least one bucket because that's the team you first scored on. Oh yeah. In in my six hundred and twenty seventh career game, I should be worried about getting a bucket on the team that I scored my first point on. You should make sure you're not on the group film session with. Quinn. Well, maybe the game winner. How about that? The game winner. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. It'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. Happy appreciate holidays. It. Thanks, guys. Thank yep. you. All right. There is Joe Ingles. They're back at it Thursday night against Minnesota. And then Dallas is here on Christmas night. We're back with What is Trending next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.